0: Today, on "Grace to the Hearers" with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: It blows my mind that God talks to us. talks to us, <laughs> individuals who are imperfect. It just blows my mind that God would speak to man. And in according to Hebrews chapter one, He speaks to man through Jesus Christ. Man. Then the next mind-blowing thing as we look at is that God had a plan for Samuel and he had a great work for him to walk through. I mean, can can you imagine that God uses imperfected people for his work?
0: Isn't that amazing? The very God who created everything to the farthest reaches of the universe knows your heart and he knows mine. He knows us and he cares for us. As Pastor Eric expresses in today's message, this concept is mind-blowing. It is impossible to wrap your head around. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for his message in 1 Samuel 3. In your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3
1: as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. And I titled the message, if you're a note taker tonight, how are your senses? Not your sensei, but your senses. How are your senses? You know, your smelling, your eyes. How are they doing tonight? Well, mine are good. But how are the senses of your heart? How about that? Well, previously, you guys, we've learned that Eli was the high priest during this time. And Eli, you guys, had two sons that were very corrupt. Uh, In fact, they were driving people away, the children of Israel, away from worshiping God. Well, how were they doing that? Well, they were taking their offerings and taking it in abundance for themselves. They were greedy. They were selfish, prideful. Not only were they doing that, but they were also deep in sexual immorality deep in it. They were find the women outside of the house of the Lord, so like their church, their, if we were looking at it today, and these priests would be finding the women and having sexual affairs with them. Pretty craziness. But they were driving the people away from the Lord. Now, it never really dawned on me before, really, until, I mean, I'm sure it has, but it really just hit my heart again. But, you know, as believers, when we live for ourselves. Our prideful character can push others from worshiping the Lord. It's amazing how our our actions are important. And oftentimes, you know, one of the things that we can say in churches and we hear is, you know, the best gospel is your life, right? But if your life is filled with pride, how that can be just such a deterrent for people to worship God. Because they don't want anything to do with that. They'd rather just keep to themselves and not worship God. Anyways little Samuel, where was he at? Well, he was growing, right? He was serving before the Lord, and he was sporting his new little ephah that his mother made him, right? Hannah made him a new little ephah every single year, and she would bring it to him. And, and so he's sporting the little ephah. He was looking the part as a little priest, and uh, he was doing his thing. So he was going. He's a, yeah, he's a little guy, I'm, I'm sure, because it says that he was a boy. Well, all boys are little. Maybe not. Anyways... Okay, as far as Eli, though, you guys, what's up with this guy? Uh, Well, he was being corrected by the Lord and uh, by a prophet of the Lord, and Eli was told by God that his sons were going to die. They're going to die. They're done. And your priesthood of your house is going to be its wiped out. It's completely done. It's coming because of that he was approving that he didn't correct his sons in their wickedness, okay? And so God was correcting him. And so then God tells him, though, guess what, though, Eli, I'm going to raise up a faithful priest, one who has my heart and one who is obedient to my ways. Well, who is that? It it was a prophecy pointing to who? Jesus Christ, the faithful high priest. That's pretty awesome. And so today, as we look at chapter 3, we're going to see how Samuel receives a word from the Lord. Now, it still blows my mind, and maybe... You guys don't get this way, but it blows my mind that God talks to us. Talks to us (laughs) individuals who are imperfect. It just blows my mind that God would speak to man. And in accordance to Hebrews chapter 1, he speaks to man through Jesus Christ. Man. Then the next mind-blowing thing as we look at is that God had a plan for Samuel, and he had a great work for him to walk through. I mean, can, can you imagine that God uses imperfected people for his work? Isn't that amazing? It truly is amazing, because it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship. His workmanship, meaning God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So before we're even born, God already knew the plans that he had for you. Those good things to walk through. Not the good things that give you salvation, because Jesus Christ gives you that. But these are the good things for you to walk through that God had to proclaim and give glory to himself through your works that he prepared. Amazing. Man. And we'll see that with Samuel. So let's look at verses 1 through 3 here, and we'll get started. Now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. And I'll read verse 4. That the Lord called to Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So verse 1, we see a background to this time frame. We see that there was a boy, his name was Samuel. We know this for the first two chapters. And he was ministering to the Lord before Eli. But it also tells us in verse 1 that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. If you guys remember, in the intro to the, the book of 1 Samuel, the time frame is at the end of the time of the judges, okay? And in the time of judges, what were the people of Israel doing? Well, I'll tell you. In Judges 21, verse 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So remember the hearts of the people at this time. The people were doing whatever they wanted to do, whatever was right in their own eyes. And so here we see in chapter 3, verse 1, that the word of the Lord was rare. Was it because God didn't want to talk? No. We'll see here in a soon Verses 2 and 3, we see the observation of Eli. Eli, the high priest. What does it say? That he was, it came to pass at a time when Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes began to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, then the Lord called Samuel. But here, this thing is amazing, okay? Because the job of the high priest was to keep the lamp of the Lord lit Throughout the night. Until dawn. And so this light is supposed to be going in the house of the Lord all night. It was his job to keep this thing going. But what is, what is happening to the light? It is starting to grow dim. It's about to go out. And his eyes are getting dim. You know, and they're, they're not seeing as well. Now, this description is a great description of the heart of Eli and his sons. And, in fact, the children of Israel. Why is it a good description of it? Because the eyes were dim and the light of God was about to go out in their presence. That's how crucial this time period is. The priests are wicked. The people are not coming to worship God. (laughs) The light of God was about to go out in their lives. Now, yes, Eli was physically getting old and he was losing his sight, but spiritually as well, the, the, heart of his, the eyes of his heart were going dim. He was going blind. And God just corrected him in chapter 2 through the prophet by saying, your house is not going to stand. Your sons that are wicked, they're going to die. The house was committing iniquity against God. And the iniquity spilled into the hearts of the children of Israel. Guys, in chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. They did not want to go and worship God because of these priests. That's heavy. And see, the last time that we spend with God, trying to, to be around his fire, and just to be filled with his fire, the more our eyes are away from God, the more that our eyes start to become dim to the ways of the Lord. We start not hearing his voice. Not because God doesn't want to talk. It's because we don't want to hear. Our hearts get hardened. The ears of the heart get deaf, become deaf. The eyes become blind to see the ways of God. Why? Because we are filled with corruption of pride and self. And the thing is, is that we hear a lot about Jesus. We read a lot about Jesus. But do we truly want to see Do we really want to hear about Jesus? Well, sure, that's the response. That's my response? Well, yes. In the Gospels of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaks the parable of the sower to the multitudes. And the disciples asked him, after he shared it, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Parables are the stories, right? Okay, so I'm going to read this. This is the New Living Translation version of Matthew 13, starting in verse 11. And he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even with little understanding, what they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they really don't listen or understand. Verse 14, this fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see. Their ears cannot hear, their hearts cannot understand And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Was there anything wrong with the people of the multitude's ears? Probably not. Was there anything wrong with their eyes? No, they came and they listened to Jesus. Just like many of us come to church and we listen to Jesus through the word of God. Okay? Is there anything wrong with our eyes? Is there anything wrong with our ears? No. But the eyes and ears that Jesus is speaking about is the eyes and ears of the heart. So then the question to me that the Lord is just asking me is do you really have eyes to see and ears to hear? Do we say that we have ears? eyes to see and ears to hear because that's what people around us want us to say so that they think that we're good christians oh, i know i praise god i read the bible okay but do you have eyes to see with your heart and do you have ears to hear with your heart with what god's word is saying to you see eli the high priest saw the works of the lord he read the law he knew the law he was the high priest but his heart was not seeing and hearing god if it was, he wouldn't stand for what was going on with his sons in the temple of God. Eli, on the outside, looked like he saw. He looked like his, he, he heard God's word. But his insides were a different story. His insides would show that he didn't have eyes to see, that he was blind, and that his, the ears of his heart were deaf. Well, why were they like that? Because, as Jesus said, his heart was hard and was filled with pride. See, it takes soft, a soft heart to see and hear. It takes humility. A teachable spirit. Are you teachable? Or do you know it all? Verse 3 through 11, we see then God calls Samuel. And, and like I read in verse 4, then, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered. And Samuel answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now if it was me, that's why I put in that little emphasis of frustration. I would have been frustrated. Stop coming into my room. Go away. You could ask my kids. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Mom and dad's room is... Sanctuary, go away. Anyways, (laughs) verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. That's a key verse, okay? Uh, Verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone Who hears it will tingle. So, Samuel, during this time of everybody going to bed and closing their eyes, the lamp is about to go out, which is right about dawn, okay? So, it's early in the morning, and Samuel is in his place, Eli is in his place, and the Word of God, God speaks to Samuel and says, Samuel. And Samuel gets up like a good servant boy who is serving Eli, being, you know, following his master ran to him and says, here I am. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Okay. Then it happens again, again. and again. And he runs down. Did you guys notice that? He ran down to, to Eli. This kid was devoted to Eli. So it happens two more times. And then verse 7 gives us a huge insight of what was going on with Samuel. Because it says that now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So he had no idea who God was. And he didn't know that God was calling to him. Well, why not? He's serving in the temple of God. How did he not know God? Well, look at his examples. Eli and the priest, his two boys, said in the, in the scriptures, in, in the, I think it was chapter 2, that the boys did not know God. They didn't know the Lord. Well, they were priests. So what? <laughs> so what? So Samuel didn't know the Lord, and really you can't blame the kid. Josephus the historian said that he was probably around the age of 12, but you know, I'll take the the easy route that the Bible says that says that he was a boy. I don't care about his age. He was a boy. So either he's 12 years old or older or younger, whatever, he's still a young boy, but he didn't have the influences to know God. See, Samuel was serving before the Lord Or serving the Lord before Eli, meaning that the Lord to him was just an idea. Samuel at this point had no relationship with the Lord. Just like Samuel at this point, God is just an idea to many people in churches today. Samuel on the outside looked like he was serving God. Remember, he was sporting the little ephod. It looked like he knew God, right? But he didn't know the Lord. That is until the Lord got a hold of him. He was serving religion. Something man put before him. So then the Lord calls Samuel the third time. And this time, Eli gets this great idea and perceives that the Lord was trying to speak to Samuel in verse 8. Eli suggests the next time you hear the Lord calling you, answer in this way. Your servant hears. I believe there's probably at one time Eli had a soft heart because he knew. There was those glimpses of knowledge of God By saying, hey, if God's speaking to you, just answer to him, your servant hears. Your servant hears. And so Eli, listening to Eli, the high priest, I'm sure he respected him highly. The Lord then calls him the fourth time. And at this point, Samuel had a choice. Samuel had a choice. Just as many of us have that choice or had that choice, or maybe tonight you have that choice. You either listen and submit by being humble and say, Your servant hears, or you resist it and you run to man. Do you hear the calling of God, or do you resist it? He had to make a decision to become a servant of the Lord or not. This is huge. Because God didn't force Samuel to respond, did he? Samuel, when he called him the first time, Samuel. And then he runs down the hall. Wait a minute. No, not Eli. I called you. I'm God. That didn't happen. Samuel had a choice to make. To follow the Lord or not. And God didn't force him to respond. He just called him out. And it reminds me of what Jesus said to the church in the Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he writes, He says, Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. So Jesus is knocking on the doors of the hearts of the people. But it's, are you going to respond? to the voice of God. And that's the thing that's going on. And I, I truly believe that we need to be praying is that people within the churches and in this world respond to the voice of God, not to the voice of man. But what, is, what does Samuel choose? Well, he chooses to be a servant of God. And this, my friends, is the start of God and Samuel having a personal relationship. That Samuel now knows who the Lord is. And verse 11 is a powerful, powerful observation because it says that then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone hears it will tingle. The word that God now is speaking to his servant Samuel who who received God's voice, his word is going to bring a fear back into the land of Israel. A respect, a call to the people to bring the people back to God through this young boy, Samuel. That's amazing that the word of the Lord is going to make the people's ears tingle. Bring that fear back into the people. And after receiving the word of the Lord, Samuel goes and lies down again. So let's read verse 12 through 21. And then that day I will perform, this is God speaking, okay? In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house should not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Verse 15, so Samuel laid down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I can understand. Verse 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. God, do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, It's the Lord. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Verse 19, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So here we see that God gives him this word, and the word was to who? Eli. The very guy that was raising him. Think about that first calling, that first job that God has has called you to walk through, to call out the sin of those who are raising you. God was going to uproot this house of wickedness, and this was going to be a major event in the eyes of the people. Why? Because the people lifted up the priests to high standards. They represented God. But here, the word of Samuel from the Lord was going to uproot them because of their wickedness. That would bring a tingle in the ear of the people to examine their hearts as well. If God's dealing this with his priests, what would he do with me? And so after he received the Lord, Samuel goes and lies down. That's what the word says. Do you think you guys could go to sleep after you're hearing from the Lord like that? I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'm like, this is insane. But then he does his duties, though. He gets up and he opens the doors to the house of the Lord. Now, I bet this job had a whole different meaning to him. And so Samuel, then we are told that he was afraid to tell Eli. Well, sure. The word given to him by the Lord was not a good one for Eli. So then Eli tracks down Samuel and asks him, what did God say to you? So Samuel, again, you guys had a choice. He He had a choice either to proclaim the word of the Lord with boldness or to keep quiet. But this
0: little boy held nothing back. He shared it. There's so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of First Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel, and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to grace and follow the link or simply search for grace to the hearers on the iTunes store from all of the production team here at grace to the hearers. We want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of grace to the hearers.